T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Mike Mutnansky, Ken Laird, and Chris Curtis. Mutt, Ken, and Curtis on Sports Radio WEI. Monday morning, Curtis will be back from Hawaii. Mutt will be back from, uh, like, North Chelmsford. And they'll both <laughs> give us a full recap of the vacation. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, New England. Uh, how was my vacation? How do I want to say that? A great, great vacation. Great stuff happened uh, in the last 10 days or so. Oh, nice story. Great stories. North in and out Burger. I was in Drake's Island, Maine for a week. Got out of North Chelmsford for a couple of days. Once I was allowed to leave North Chelmsford, thanks to the state of Massachusetts. Your Instagram was on fire. Boy, you had uh, some game that looked like Domino's right. or a combination of uh, gin, rummy, uh, the and game is called, the, the game is called yeah, Rummy what was, Cubed. What was the, the game cat- is called Rummy Cubed. Go ahead. Rummy Cubed? Rummy Cubed is the name of the game, yes. Okay. Playing up in Maine. We play a picture uh, of that. On a family vacation, Ken, it was the most, like, well, except for a couple different uh, pieces of the week, it was the most normal, basic storybook family vacation. You go to the beach, you play golf, you play cards with your family, you drink too much and get yelled at by your mom, and that's what it was for a week up in Maine. And that cat book was at a restaurant we were at, and I just thought, that's a funny book. I just thought... (laughs) It's a cookbook for why, cats. Why I never seen. It? I, mean, I had no clue. Daddy understood it. It was just. It was in reference to the. Uh, was it an inside joke? The Dr. Was Seuss it? book that you got? No, or? It, it's. I've never seen a cookbook for cats, Ken. It looked very serious. I'm about, sure there's hundreds of thousands of cookbooks for cats. There's cookbooks I'm for everything. I'm 39 years old, Curtis. I've never seen a cookbook for cats. There's, I have three. Uh, you've you've never seen one. This doesn't exist. All right, headphones. What is wrong with your headphones? You've done this. You before. come back. Someone took the headphones out of my office, and now I'm on backup headphones, and neither of them work. So we'll put we're, these. We're on getting somewhere. new ones right. Now they're, they're oh good. Oh, yes. are they gonna say Mutt and Callahan like on the side with we me? We just and a ordered five hundred. They're ready Somewhere? to go. Yes. Uh, I wish I had a. a I, I guess I do now officially. Don't we all have a good vacation story? Ken was here for this on Friday, but now we all sort of a, a fun vacation story. My vacation started last Friday. Finally, hearing from the state of Massachusetts, say my license was suspended. No way. And, it, and it ended on uh, the following Friday with a call at ten fifty four. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, from Joe Zarbano saying, hey, can you talk for a couple minutes? So that was the bookend to my vacation. Hold it, hold it. The most awkward vacation you can possibly have I just had for seven days in Maine. That is a lock. Let's start here. I want to bury this lead. So you heard from the state of Massachusetts regarding (laughs) your suspended license. I agree. This is the lead. As big as Jerry is. Well, I think we can talk about this now. Nothing else going on today to get to. Uh, so obviously well, I mean, there was a. Do you think Jerry wants to hear about himself, or are you getting your license suspended? I mean, come on. There, there was the incident. Good morning. This is the Mutt, Ken, and Curtis show. Mm-hmm. Correct. Happy Monday morning. Time and temperature. Uh, Monday mo- uh, morning. Friday morning. Uh, not Friday. Friday morning. Fr- Thursday morning. A tremendous Fourth of July. Got out. Parade in Chelmsford. Ran my first road race. Tremendous feeling good. Wife got the 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 uh, bouncy house with the slide, which was also on Instagram. You get credit for that. Yeah, that was good. Tremendous. And so Friday afternoon, it was well worth it. Grass looks fine. We're breaking that thing down, and the mail guy comes. And I've been waiting to hear about this because I I got 
I guess you can say I got lucky the first time around and that I was part of this group in the mass RMV that got thrown into a, a bucket in Quincy and someone did not want to deal with it. So I was arrested, obviously, a couple summers ago in upstate New York, but it never quite heard from the state of Massachusetts the last couple of years. That change of the priority letter to my house directly Friday morning at 1130 in a big envelope, my name on it, open it up, your license is suspended immediately for a year. Holy cow. Immediately wow. for a year. Now, do you blame Curtis and I for bringing it up on the show? That no. was an awkward discussion. So, where on the did show. you drive once you got that letter? I did not. I did not <laughs> drive anywhere. My instead of we, the plan was take two cars to Maine. We took one. Yep. And so, you have to show up at a family vacation with uh, two cousins, both their kids, all my mom's family. She has four other brothers and sisters. They're all there. By the way, they pay for this house for us to go. They don't make us pay a cent. So, I'm there on their dime. And the first question is. Oh, you guys only took one car this oh, year. Oh, baby. And you have to explain to your whole family your at that point <laughs> what is going on right now. So that lasted for a couple I'm of days. I'm thrilled, man. Thanks for I really appreciate it. Why, and, and why do you respect a, Texas so much? I, this I explains the Texas. erratic Instagram, by the way. But go ahead. Yes, because it was not really that celebratory. Things were good up until 4th of July, right? There's road race videos. There's pictures. You're feeling good. And then the state of mass comes calling, and it's going to be suspended for a year. Talk about a buzzkill. You get that letter after the 4th of July. That's big <laughs> we- drinking weekend. That's a party time. <laughs> Uh, we, we still able to do some partying, but I couldn't drive, so they had my, my, my I guess drive. win-win. So Jess was able to drive for a couple right. of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to have my father drive me to Boston all day on Tuesday. Oh. And, and finally can say with uh, confidence, I have put that arrest of 2017 behind me. I am today okay with the state. Like many people are finding out that they got their letters and there's a process you go through. Uh, but I can officially say that is behind me, and I can drive going forward. So the congratulations to me. So Wait a minute. How did that happen? It was suspended for a year. Well, be- because I, I don't want to get into details of it, but they kind of sent it a little late. Ken. They messed like, with the sample? Oh. It's, it's a, this is why we're having breakfast with Baker there's going a, forward. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I'm looking forward program. to that, uh, Mr. I, I have a lot of thoughts. I, I think the RMV's <laughs> not your issue. Erin uh, Devaney, it's all her fault, Governor. It's all her fault. We'll take your calls on that coming up. I love Governor uh, Baker. He does a great job. Tremendous. So, so that was the big story uh, before Friday morning. Then Friday morning at 10.54, probably about uh, an hour after you found out, I got the call saying that uh, there were going to be some changes here at the station. So that, got that the call from a pretty whom? good. Uh, Joe Zarbano called and said, do you have a couple of minutes? And I was actually on the mini golf course. and said, going to call you back. So I called him back five, six minutes later, and he said, no, Mark is in the office. Mark Hannon, our big boss. And so initially... When you hear, you know, Joe, can you talk for a couple minutes? Okay, fine. When Mark is in the office, something else is going on. And so I put the kids at a picnic table with an iPad and said, Daddy's got to have this phone call for a few minutes and was told what was going to happen, that uh, Jerry was not going to be back. And as a part of that, I was not going to be part of the morning show anymore and that uh, they're going to make some changes. And uh, Greg and Danielle were going to be coming over and doing the morning show here and that started the rest of the second part uh, of my vacation weekend. So that 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 was my vacation story, Chris. Would that live up to a Jerry That's Callahan I mean, standard for a vacation story? You wait for him to be gone to give a good vacation story. Maybe he was the problem all along. Went to a bar, suspended. played cards. <laughs> I mean, how can you top that? <laughs> Unbelievable. He went to Vermont and played cards. All right, you, Curtis, you're up. That's tough to top. Now, Curtis was in Hawaii. Good for luck, Chris. Came home. Uh, By the way, just <laughs> recapping, I know this is Jerry's last request. He like wanted we were vacation all yeah, so we're starting from here. Mutt and yeah. Curtis. Right. So here we go. Hawaii, phenomenal place. One downside, 
really far away. The flight out there was a debacle. Even in first class. Believe me, we <laughs> suffer too. Jesus. The most curtest thing he's class. ever said, even in first totally. class. Go ahead, go ahead. So we get, it was... Direct de- flight? No, we threw to Detroit, which was everything oh, so I hoped and dreamed it would be. It was spectacular. Great, great airport. Walked around there, relived the old days of sitting there with Kevin Graham, John Dennis, Kirk Minahan, and Jerry Callahan. Waiting for our flight that was. You a, were hammered on that flight, right? Oh my God. That was a win win. There was a two hour layover. I was like, oh, I got to go grab some food. And they all sat there right to the bar, <laughs> pounded about 10. It was phenomenal. So, anyway, uh, this time I did not do that, but we get there. The flight from Detroit to Oahu, Honolulu, was nine hours and 45 minutes of flying time. Ooh. Brutal. Just shy of the Sox game last night. I went up. I, I, I literally thought we were about like 90 minutes left in the flight. I go up to the, you know, the, the area around the cockpit where the uh, flight attendants were, and I said, you know, uh, how much longer till we get into Honolulu? And they go, six hours and five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I've already gone through four office episodes. I'm totally done. You so could have listened to Jerry's Craigslist story at that time. You I know. Got that in just <laughs> under the, exactly. Which, by the way, will be played in its entirety coming up uh, later today. Yeah, I'm looking at a list here of Jerry's stories, because Jerry uh, tells excellent stories, and uh, he wants us to tell excellent story so we're going to yeah. hear some of jerry's best story so that's your so the flight was bad the flight was bad that's my wow. story and Jesus. i flew back this is sort of missing the big part but i flew back with the head coach of navy football ken niamatamatololo whatever the guy's name is yeah. it was very exciting oh, i like that guy yeah he's great he sat right next to me on we the talked about belichick taking navy players uh, over the years academy guys no i said joe cardona what do you think he said he's a great guy i said here we go he, well, he had the uh the super bowl trophy more than anybody did that day at fenway park that's true so um my sat my friday morning i had my phone off that was oh, my thing turn my phone off every time i went to bed because i didn't want to be wake woken up the show was on when i was sleeping i could not listen live because it went on the air at midnight local time so i get up turn my phone on just sort of looking outside spectacular day Kauai was awesome and i get a text from john tomasi that pops up on my phone i'm like tomasi what does he want you know whatever so i open it curtis hey man Really sucks what happened at the station today. I hope they value and understand what they have in you and Ken. And I'm going, what in the hell could this possibly mean? Are we doing country music? You know, you see that on social media. I'm like, have we been a Glenn station reported that weeks ago? Yeah. So I, I, I just Hope open on up, Glenn. Yeah. I open up my laptop and I just Google WEEI because I'm like, okay, there's got to be some news story about WEEI. Nothing. It was just, you know, just WEEI. The Twitter account pops up, a couple other things, and, you know, audio on demand. I was like, okay. So I open up Twitter, and I see Jerry's tweet. And for the first time ever, John Tomasi got a big story right, and it had to do with the demise (laughs) of this morning show that I was so happy to be a part of. And I was then numb for the rest of the day. It was a surreal, just... Bad dream feeling. I talked to everybody that day, and everybody I talked to, we had this sort of like malaise about our conversation. It was like everything we had worked for was gone. Our entire futures were sort of in doubt, and none of it made any sense. And I remember I was just sitting there, and I talked to Jerry, and finally got a hold of him. And uh, he was, I'm sure, you know, busy talking to a million different people. He called, and you know, we just talked about the show and sort of look back on what we did together and the great times that we had and all that. And uh, we hung up the phone, and I walk around the corner, and I start talking to my wife, and I break down like a child, like a baby. Oh, and like start, Keith. Oh, my God. Mm. It was tear central. <laughs> I was just like, I'm never working with him again. My idol, my hero. I was sitting there. I was like, you know, blubbering, talking about, you know, our shows and in D.C. a blast. 
And I'm and finally I look outside. It's 85 degrees and sunny. I'm like, all right, I got to get it together. And that night, and Jerry called you the p word on Twitter. Right, shortly I after. tweet out this thing. By the way, that was a perfect tweet. Every character was used. It was exactly what I wanted <laughs> you to encapsulate. It, Better than Mud, who did like a string of like oh, eight tweets. I, I, I took tweeting. Like I, I, was mean, not, I was not drunk. I took an hour to make sure I spelled everything right. I copied all <laughs> these different what? tweets. Uh, and I did. I know. I still, I still screwed it up. Honesty instead of honesty. Lucy is going to read those in dramatic form later in the show. I hope Mud's so. Tweets. Those were good. Those were heartfelt. And the, the thread, thread was, was good, good too. What did I say in our last show together? I said I would write you a shorter letter if I had more time. It deserved more than one tweet. No, so one I, crappy tweet. That go night, ahead. so we go out and Captain Indeed. Andy's great catamaran, only two hundred bucks ahead. Captain Andy, we're going around the Nepali coast for scuba. Uh, no scuba, no scuba. And after your massage, after the massage, we get on this this beautiful catamaran. I'm going around, and like I kid you not, every thirty seconds. They're passing around rum punch and all this stuff. And it was my greatest accomplishment as a human, bringing the Jerry Callahan um, exodus from this company back to me like everybody else has. Yeah. I did not have a cocktail on a happy hour boat on my worst day of my professional life when Jerry Callahan departed. So, Jerry would have wanted you to drink. Probably. Oh, my God. He was texting me pictures from the Encore saying, you're missing out on this. <laughs> AP word. Why don't you drink once? <laughs> I know. You can handle it. So, yes, that was a incredibly surreal, bizarre day that I still don't understand. So, you and I got the line Because call. Curtis yeah. is upper management. He knew this was in the works for weeks, I'm sure. Yeah, much. Oh, we're finding out a lot of people knew, Ken. Uh, the, based on the phone calls I had, a lot of people knew uh, about this for a, I would say, certainly longer than days and into the week. So, we both got it on the phone. We'll get to the bigger picture stuff and celebrate Jerry. You were here front and center for this. Yeah. You did the show. A show Reamer said was a, gr- is a great show. Like, I didn't hear it, but Reamer's saying it was a great show. So you have a great show on Friday with Dickerson and Reamer. Bought a Rapino. And so 10 o'clock. As Jerry would have wanted going out talking with yes. the soccer. What else are you going to talk do? about last right. week? Yeah. Uh, so 10 o'clock. What happens at 10 o'clock? Well, uh... After the show, Reamer and uh, Lucy and I were in the back office. Jerry got called into a meeting, and I didn't think anything of it. He just, uh, that often happens. He's had a Jerry. couple. Of, admittedly, yeah. he's had some of those recently. He met with the big boss. He met with uh, Joe Zarbato, our program director, multiple times because we knew. I, I didn't know a lot of the details of it, but his contract was up, and he was in a negotiation to get his new deal. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So Jerry, uh, about a half hour later, came back with uh, Zarbato, our boss, and uh, Reamer was in there and was asked to leave. And Jerry said, I need a box. And it was an awkward silence, and the door closed, and we had a quick, very quick meeting. Jerry, Jerry was looking around the office. Uh, I don't have anything here. I, I never moved anything over from the old place. Uh, so he really took <laughs> nothing with him. I mean, he just uh, briefly it was discussed, you know, whether he wanted to come in and do the show Monday. He really did not care to, nor did he think the company really wanted him to. And, uh, you know, I can certainly understand that. Uh, in fact, we discussed this over the weekend, whether even the three of us wanted to. Yeah. To do this show up was, until Saturday, we're sure yeah. we're going to do it. They offer us the chance to do it, and Jerry deserves a, a better send off that he got on Friday, in right. my opinion. But go ahead. And at that point, he was, you know, he just wanted to leave. I mean, I I can understand that. Um, <laughs> totally sickening feeling from my point of view. Of course, we had the big encore outing. Pictures Later look good. That night. Wig- Wiggy and Jerry wearing the same shirt? Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. Looks ba- similar. <laughs> but, well, I don't know if you heard this. Wiggy said this, I think, 62 times from Friday through Sunday when he was on the air, both with Glenn and with uh, Alex and Rob. Jerry was Archie Bunker to Wiggy, and Wiggy was Jerry's George Jefferson. So, right <laughs> that a good one line. Down. A good line the first time. At yeah, least. I mean, the 15th, it kind of lost a little steam. But what I got to love about Wiggy, and of course, we, so we go, we're entertained by uh, Bob DeSalvio uh, and his lovely wife, Francine, Bob's and Encore. Best, he, yes. They rolled out the red carpet. You were supposed to be there. The only I reason I got vacation, to go was because yeah. you turned down yeah. the invite because yeah. you were on vacation. I think you should have came back from Maine for the event, but that's that's fine. That's your choice. Yeah, no license. 
Uh, true, I, I really didn't up until Tuesday, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I'm there, and Wiggy's there with his lovely wife, and Jerry, by the way, gets a flat tire on the way to Encore. <laughs> he still wanted to come, though. He was very excited <laughs> about the boxing. He was actually in a great mood. I mean, I think this speaks to Jerry. I mean, he knows the business so well. It's like nothing surprises him at this point. I'm sure this surprised him, unless saying it didn't. But uh, the guy's a talent. He's going to end up somewhere, and he's going to be doing great things. We'll talk more about Jerry coming up. But anyway, he gets a flat tire. Uh, so he's like 45 minutes late. He had to call AAA to get it, but he comes in. He's in a good mood. Lenny Clark's there telling jokes. Uh, we have an unbelievable meal. Wiggy is actually great in those situations. I am terrible. I probably said less than at the Casey Smith, uh, the famous Casey Smith uh, outing at uh, oh, the Mexican Johnny restaurant. Manziel was the hottest topic in uh, the entire Border oh, Cafe that night. Dish. Right. I mean, I just, <laughs> it's, it's awkward. I feel bad for Jerry. I feel bad for myself. Like, you're, like, wallowing in self-pity. But Wiggy's awesome. He's just telling stories. You know, he keeps, keeps it light. He's texting Greg Hill every five minutes. Hey, Greg, what's going on? Always loved your show. Totally. He and Raymer are full-court press on the Hillman. That is uh, well underway. Uh, but after the meal, which w- was capped off by chocolate cigars, as you saw in the photo. Those looked awesome, awesome. awesome. We had a seafood tower. Jerry ordered the seafood oh tower. We God. dug into that. Jerry's favorite thing. Yep. Uh, T-bone steak at the New York uh, uh, Bone-In uh, drink? steak. Did you drink? A couple cocktails? A couple cocktails, yep. Old-fashioned? That's one of your go-tos. I did have an old-fashioned. Yes. Yeah, I know right. guy. It's a good call. I tried to tone it down from the trip to Connecticut because that didn't uh, work well with trending uh, the day after. <laughs> you vomited on the air, yeah. Did not, but uh, it came close. But anyway, so we had live boxing afterwards, and I, as, as I told on the pre-show, Jerry was so into the boxing. We had front row seats. It was an awesome event. Jerry is more of a boxing talker than he is a movie talker. That's impossible. Just like throughout the, we had 12, this, the final fight was a great fight. Went 12 rounds with this kid from Stoneham. He beat the the New York fighter and it goes to decision. But through, increasingly as you got through the rounds, Jerry was even more into it. The scorecards were out and he's got him on the ropes. He's got to finish him. Awesome uh, event with Jerry there, and I kid you not, they played My Way by Sinatra on the way out as Jerry's like walking off into the sunset. It was, oh my it was God. Totally Dr. Jerry surreal. Punch Callahan breaking down the fight. I can't envision a more surreal moment to be with Jerry that night, just hours after seeing him leave this building for the final time, and then seeing him I mean, him if there. he were here, I, he'd say I was pathetic. I just, I was just a lump. You know, I said nothing, just uh, awkward. But, but doesn't that story sort of sum up the guy that we knew working with, and it, it, that he's able to put that aside and still be the same guy, yep. uh, the same energetic guy that was here every single morning at 5.30, that he's been told uh, unceremoniously, we're not tendering your deal, bringing a different show, your, the morning show that you built... Like is the the literally that he built and the station that he helped build, you're no longer a part of it, and he's out there with Ken Laird and Jermaine Wiggins and Bob DeSalvio smoking chocolate cigars. Right. I mean that, and he's able to do that and not let the other stuff of radio bother him. And that was one of Jerry's best qualities working with him. That there was all this stuff going around, especially on this show specifically. This show was targeted by an activist, and it led to eventually what I think happened on Friday. And he was able to deal with that and still do monster shows, monster ratings. And yes, I know it bothered him because we talked we, hours of conversation about it. Uh, and you so, you guys more so than I did. But when it came time to, at 6 o'clock, flip the lights on and do a show, he did a show as well as you can do a show with literally the walls, not even crumbling around him, but people firing arrows into the that wall. People firing at him from all different angles, from all different spots. And he gets on the air at 6 every day, does four hours of great radio, and then deals with the other stuff, and never let it affect him on the air. That's one of the best qualities uh, as a, a co-worker uh, that I saw with Jerry Callahan. I think, I mean, compartmentalize is what he did. He yeah. could easily sit in here, do a show, and during the breaks, you know, I would talk to him, you know, after the show, things would come up, and 
Nobody knew how to beat a dead horse like Jerry Callahan about different things that were outside of our control. But when it came to 6 a.m., the light coming on, you know, I think back to something very benign and kind of sporty, but the first game of the Stanley Cup final was Memorial Day, right? We start Tuesday morning show. We're sort of, you know, a little weary coming off the long weekend, you know, the late game that night before. And Jerry just opens the show and says, the series is over. And out of, like, the, the... the blink of an eye, he just creates a show like that. You just start the show. Yeah, great radio instincts. You know exactly yeah. what's going to elicit a response. You're going to give a you know bold stance. You know, in, for our world, bold stance. And there we were off, and we were off that morning, and we were all from that point. He set the stage. You know, the whole dumb drunk Chris Curtis. I set the dialogue for the city. Jerry Callahan did that for 22 years. I would drive into work, into school, high school, college, back from ESPN, working overnights there. You would listen to Jerry in the. The topic that he began with, the the real sort of number one story that he and John led with, was what the rest of the city was talking about. Even if it wasn't really what you were interested in that day, Jerry found a way to make everybody care because he was going to have such a strong opinion and such a unique viewpoint that you were forced to respond either positively or negatively to it. And that's what was his greatest strength. And he did that for 20 years. And I, I hosted a show that came on after his show with Dino and then with Dino and, and Kirk. And, and as a, forget as a listener, Chris, as someone in the business, you were listening because they were never going to miss a story. Jerry Callen was never going to get caught flat-footed and miss a big story. Another one of his biggest strengths is, is you know his preparation, which Reamer talked about extensively yesterday. But he would find that, that, that story and you'd have to react to it as a radio host, wasn't just a listener. He had to listen, which is a huge part of it. But as a radio host, he was setting the dialogue. By the way, for both stations, where there were two full-time sports stations, yep. you'd hear things on this show, 6 to 10, that were then talked about and discussed in a similar matter across the street. If people are reacting to you in the business because they feel like they respect you so much, like we've got to do that because Jerry did it, or Jerry and John and Jerry and Kirk did it, uh, or they that that says something about your approach to the business. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... Not to make it about myself because Reamer and others have uh, done we're gonna, that. As well. We're all going to make it about ourselves at some level. Today, but just yeah. the, like I got, a I, know gl- I, I got a glimpse of Jerry in two thousand one when I interned for Dennis and Callahan, and I left for fifteen years and I came back and the guy was still doing it at an unbelievable level. And during that time, you know, he he was here for all twelve titles in this stretch, which is amazing. And it's kind of ironic because Jerry has a unique way of finding the negative, finding the drama, like complaining about something despite everything. So he was in that chair for all 12 titles that went by, an unbelievable run of success, which was you know a part of his success personally, but he still found a way to make all those compelling and find a way to get the drama out of everything. Uh, what I think is so interesting about that, Ken, is that you have Jerry, who famously in the mid to late 90s coined the phrase Loserville. Loserville. I remember that column in the Herald. And, you know, it was... That perfectly encapsulated how this city felt at that time. I remember leaving the garden in the mid to late 90s, and people were just kicking things. They were saying, we all suck. The Celtics suck. The Red Sox suck. The Bruins suck. The Patriots are moving. Everybody was downtrodden, angry, and pissed. And here you go, the guy in the the tabloid newspaper in town, welcome to Loserville. And it was just, it seems obvious. It seems kind of like, oh, that's, you know, a cliche. But he nailed it as perfectly as you could nail it at that time. And he did that so many times because it was not forced his natural tone was the tone of the city a little bit on edge a little bit you know angry annoyed at the stuff that bothers everyone else whether it's the traffic or the the politics he spoke the voice of like the 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 listener in massachusetts the resident in massachusetts and i don't think it was something he made out thin it was just him his natural ability to speak to an audience and 
and as you said, do it naturally and speak for a large group where people, whether it was Loserville, whether it was approach on a million other things, they they said, this guy is speaking for me right now. That is very tough to do over a 20-year span in a market like Boston. That's going to sound very corny, but the the my way got me thinking. Because he said this to me walking out. He said, I would not have changed a thing about anything, anything that happened. And I know he believes that. But... This was storybook, right? Guy from North Chelmsford grows up here, goes to UMass. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Career did it his way, right? Came in and loved what he did for 22 years at this radio station, plus like, all the years as a columnist and going back to the Lowell Sun. I mean, and he's not done yet. He's like guys in his late 50s. So I'm sure he's going to pop up. He loves the athletic. I'm think I'm predicting the athletic. I think he goes. There. I think he's more of a BSJ guy. Yeah, well, uh, maybe he and Bedard are very close friends. And just to put a cap on that, Ken, is that so many people say that it's parochial. Anybody can succeed in their hometown. Well, he left and was a lead columnist at Sports Illustrated yeah. when Sports Illustrated was the publication in this country. And you know, he so he did it nationally. He did it locally. And I just got a text from him. He said, we should call our new night show Loserville. So that's nice. <laughs> oh, by the way, we were going to play Planet Monkey later. That was Jerry's favorite open, favorite thing I ever put together. So maybe we'll play that every hour. I like it. And I pulled uh, Jerry's stories last night. You have a list. In. You have a list of those, correct? I have 13 right, Jerry's stories. Oh, Let me run these down real quick. Yes. Okay, we have the Bobby Doerr story. Who's Great Billy. one. Uh, Cornicova, the Kerrigan story, the Rosenhouse story, the John Hanna story. Oh, baby. That one I think I've heard the most. McNamara story, the Craigslist story, six minutes in length. The day after the Patriots won the Super Bowl, <laughs> by the way, at 8 a.m., he told this story, which is unbelievable. Uh, Curtis was about to lose his mind during that. The cab driver story in Atlanta, the hitchhiker story, the Soprano story, the Dominican sandal theft. The best. And the Bill Buckner, I, that kind of just barely made the list. But that's 13 I pulled just from last night. I think I've heard the John Hanna story 73 times. <laughs> what number did he wear? Jerry would tell me that. But I've heard that story, his uniform number, a number of times. Uh, the best thing was when he would tell it, he'd be like, I probably have told this before. But then he would, and he would tell it again. Because yeah, yeah, no, you know what, what would help a different audience. In the later stage of the show, obviously with he and Kirk, there was obviously new people that were involved that were on the casting couch. And so he would use the opportunity, I could tell, those people might not have heard the story yet, so that was the door. That that was the little crack in the door to kick it open and tell that story again. Because Mark James hadn't heard the Sandal story yet, or Wiggy hadn't heard the Bill Buckner story yet. And the one thing with the John Hanna story—that's really a Trevor Maddich story. John Hanna is the the biller. You know, he's the top right. biller that's there. That's true. But he, the star of that story. No, is but Trevor he's, he's arm in arm with Hanna. Right. Hanna led. Well, I don't want to blow the lead because right. nobody's heard this, so we're going to play gonna, that later. Right. Good uh, I think we're going to play when we come back. Correct. We're going to play one. It's certainly at the bottom of every hour. We have, I'd like we one have, a segment, but it's up to you. Well, I, it's, that may be too much. We, I think we're getting. We can play, easily play one one a segment. Oh wait, yes. how, how we do play we not, one a segment? We have to do the play the readings of Jerry Callahan's Thanksgiving column. We had some great people read that, but some <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> may lead to our removal from the, the entire hour. Which that may fi- be happening anyway, the by entire the entire 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, I mean, you guys say, they say that we have jobs here at the station. you guys feel confident that we do? I don't. I mean, I know they said that in my conversation You have people, a show at least attached to your name. I, 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 heard, I saw on the press release, Mutt at okay, Night. Okay, so we can get I into I didn't see the, Ken and Curtis mentioned in there. I, I, ha- I or, have or a Jerry show. the sixth paragraph. Right. That's another story. I don't know when I'm working on the show. I don't know what the details are. I ha- I think Curtis has more of an idea than I do. I literally went asked Chris yesterday before his phone cut out when he was valeting his car at Whole Foods yesterday. Busy the spot. only radio producer in the country who's valeting his car at Whole Foods. Hey, but, I had 15 minutes sleep yesterday. I was a hero, a warrior. But I, I think I asked Chris, when, when am I going to get my, when I get my schedule to find out when I'm working? But did you? Glenn is thrilled that you were at nights. Did you hear that? He like I've, led the show. I've Friday heard with, Glenn. I have a 15. We need a night host. A, Mutt is great at night. 59 second voicemail from Glenn. I've not listened to yet. I, oh, I will well. listen to it at some point. We'll, He's one we'll of the play people that at 8:30. Good. Out. All right. 
Uh, I guess we got to take a break here. Are we yep. still doing trending? What, what are we doing now today? We Besides, trend. So I will say this. We'll do this. I, I've heard a lot of the shows react to this the last couple of days, and they all do this for 20 minutes and say, we're not taking phone calls. Well, this morning we are. 617-779-7937. Uh, you guys know the number. There are thousands of people. Uh, uh, tens and hundreds of thousands of people who have grown up, as Chris said, with Jerry Callahan, who uh, went through personal issues in their life with Jerry Callahan, who shows that he hosted with John and Kirk and, and whoever, uh, helped him get through, through things, who listened to the show for forever, and they want to pay tribute to Jerry. We're going to take those phone calls today because we're going to speak about Jerry really all morning long, about what he meant uh, to us, what he meant to the radio station, uh, and a lot more. And in this show, we are taking phone calls, 617-779-7937. Those phone calls, Jerry stories, thoughts on this show and how we got to where we got to on Friday morning. I know my thoughts, you guys probably do as well. And a lot more. It is uh, Mutt, Ken, and Chris here on WEI. But first, we trend. The home of the best off-season Patriots coverage, Boston Sports Station. Now here's what's trending on WEI. Thank you, Dale. It's brought to you by 495 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Have you been waiting for huge savings on your next truck? Well, the wait is over. Stop into 495 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram to get the truck you want at the discount you've been waiting for. All right, quick question. So yeah. uh, this went down behind the scenes. Curtis and I were, I, I think, from the the, the first first uh, talk of this happening, the three of us do a show together and recognize Jerry. Curtis and I were on board. Ken was very hesitant. 30 minutes in, do we make the right call, Ken? Oh, to do the show? Yes. Yes. You, I mean, you were, you were, for me. You I were wondering, anybody else. You were wondering, could we get, you, you, is it the right play here? So I'm asking you 30 minutes well, in. Day ain't over right yet. 30 minutes in, yes. Okay, day ain't okay. over yet. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, speaking of Dale, by the way, he's on the call tonight with Joe Castiglione as what? the Sox and the Jays start a four game series at Fenway, 7 10, the first pitch on the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Radio. Am Network. I on tonight? Do you know? You yeah, are. Mud is on pre and post. You are the intern for Will Fleming tonight. Oh, excellent. So you're on, you're on ice cream. That's going to be a power struggle going Forward, yep. the Fleming v. Matnansky power struggle. Jerry could not have been relieved of duties at a better time. He got to watch all five hours and 40 minutes of Red oh. Sox baseball last night. He told me he's sleeping in Monday, not listening to this show. Uh, that's probably a lie. He said he's not sure he can sleep past three. Can I just, years. a quick, in honor of Jerry Callahan, Wimbledon figured out how to speed up their game, their matches, before Major League Baseball <laughs> did. They finally implemented a tiebreaker in the fifth set yesterday with Djokovic and Federer. At 12-12. In baseball, still can't figure out. We're playing until freaking 3 in the morning, but anyway. Well, the Wimbledon final was 4 hours Joker 55 minutes, the longest in Wimbledon history, but nowhere near the, the 5 hours and 40 of Sox baseball. Anyway, Dodgers win it 7-4. to four. L.A. takes 2 out of 3 in the series. The loss to Hector Velasquez. Jerry was also texting me that he's upset at the Sox trading no Elberth Romero and Elio Prado for Andrew Castor. He loved those guys. Watched a lot of Dominican Summer League. Well, how do you... Uh, hold on. To, to, scouting. To, to rip core for a second, how do you not bunt... JBJ gets With a Marco. leadoff double. Yeah. Marco Hernandez up. You put a runner at third and one out in the whatever inning it was. Well, Jerry is aroused. We got mutt Terrible. talk from butt. Terrible decision. Mutt talk from butt. A lot more butt talk coming, baby. Mutt talk from butt. There we go. Off and running. Well, the Yankees uh, won as well. The Sox are two and a half back and uh, probably ten back of the Yankees. Two and a half back of the second wild card held by the A's. It is Mike Manansky, Chris Curtis, Ken Laird. More Jerry remembrances coming up. Now back to Mutt, Ken, and Chris. Mike Mutnatsky, Ken Laird, and Chris Curtis on Sports Radio WEEI. 
the Super these Bowl stories. in '96. You've been to the Super yeah, Bowl I was in New Orleans. I was there in '96. The night before, Saturday yes. night, you can't walk down. Bourbon Where was this? Commander's you Palace. Cannot what? move because there's were, cheese hides everywhere. We were, oh, yeah. No, there's people. I mean, there if you've been on Bourbon Street, you can't get from I one end to the but other. In you case can't you cross the street. They played the Packers. So um, true. I was there for that. I was with Sports Illustrated, so I went to the Sports Illustrated party and nice. brought Hannah and Smurlis and Ordway and the whole crew from you know the big the old big show. And we say, let's go to this bar. I forget what it is. I think it's the Irish place. Patty oh, Patty O'Brien. O'Brien's. Oh, yeah. I got her And names. it's at the other end of Bourbon Street. So we look at each other, and we say, hey, we're not going to really go. Look at this crowd. We can't get through it. Let's just go somewhere else. He says, let's go. Hannah, lead blocks for us. He was in a suit and tie, and he was just feeling it. And he just starts shoving people out of his way. Boom, boom. And I'm like friggin' Tony Collins. I'm following my block. And so, by the way, as Ordwin's. And he's just boom, 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 just shoving. People turn around to like fight, and they look at him. They go, sorry, sir. <laughs> and he just kept boom. And we went right down the street, and people just got out of the way and you know went to where we were going. The greatest thing about that is that by telling Butch and Trenny, he can li- literally tell them 500 times and they will act like it's the first time because two people who li- there's no two people who listen less than Trenny and Butch Stern. So that, that was a great audience for his story. Jerry would tell anyone willing to listen that the worst listener he that he worked with was Butch, that he would just look straight at him. And he said about TV guys in general, he had this pegged, you know, whether prompt the readers or w- whatever, that they just don't listen. And, and Butch specifically Felt the wrath, whether he knew it or not, from Jerry. Jerry loved Butch, but the fact that he just wouldn't listen and re- really react, he'd just be on to the next thing, the next schedule, to something Jerry said bothered the hell out of Jerry. I'm not sure if it was that Appreciate show, call, told, if that was a show, Ken, or not, <laughs> but there was a show with Trenny and Butch and Jerry. We were in the auxiliary studios yeah, across the street, yes. and Jerry just looked at me and you and said, not they're listening. not listening to a word I'm saying. As Butch just kept talking right over <laughs> you. But the Hockamock. It was funny that the, the, the co-hosts Jerry had only a few of his mainstay co-hosts. I mean, when he first started here, it was Dino, and it was Dino for all those years. <clears throat> and then it was Kirk. But he, we, all these people he worked with, some that he liked, some that he didn't like. For whatever reason, he loved Mark James. And Mark, well, like his, he plays that drop on his show all the time. Craziest guy I ever worked with. Butch, he was down on. Dickerson didn't go out on a great note last week for a couple of those shows. Jerry was a little down on, on uh, Greg. Uh, I think just maybe an off day or two. You know, it was ebb and flow. Even with you, Mutt, you had to yeah, well, even was, with, uh, with me, definitely. But even with Mark James, th- there were days where, like, we, we were at a point, was it late in the fall, where we walked in uh, off the air and said, we're just done. We can't do this anymore. This is not work. We, and we true. both agree. We looked at each other and said at the exact same time. That's true. And we, and Curtis we told forced the bu- them the one day. Yes. And then, it, it, and eventually, as what was happening recently with this show, <laughs> He would, he would, that, that anger would go away and that person would be back, whether it was, uh, you know, Mark James specifically, but that would happen all the time with Jerry. So well, he, Pete Shepard was a big one with that too, where Pete would go in and out of the good graces depending on the performance he had that day. Cause there were certain topics. Like when we went down to Florida this year and we had Pete in for two hours, I'd want him for four hours, you and, Jerry, we're correct in thinking that we should have him for two. I think we were five minutes into it, and he's like, we got to call Reamer, get him on the line. Because <laughs> he kept name drop. We should play that at some point. That, that was one of my favorite moments of the, the nine-month pregnancy of the show was when uh, Shepard came on and just started name dropping these restaurants in Fort Myers and the names of people who own them. Like, we're supposed to know these, re- like, the people in Boston give a crap about Joe's Crab Shack and who owns there, all the great, great happy hour they have there. The highlight of my vacation up until Friday morning was Pete Shepard tweeting out that Astro was heading to heaven. So I thought that was a very good good work by Pete. Well, one of Jerry's statements, like, repeatedly lately was, I'm working with idiots here. Yes. Uh, he loved to point that out. It's kind of true. Uh, of all his qualities, intelligence, Jerry was a super smart guy, is still a super smart guy. I'm talking about him like he's dead. It feels like a 
Uh, as he said, he's going to be listening to his own funeral today. But uh, his intelligence, his radio intelligence, but also just he's a smart guy. Obviously, he was not like uh, scholastically a star at UMass or anything like that, but uh, one of the smartest guys I've ever worked with. Yeah, that, wh- that came off on the air. One of the, the sort of weird things that I would do is not weird, but I would do the rundown every day and I would send it to Jerry and I would always sort of laugh because I'm look, sending it to him and I sort of do a quick preview before I hit send and I'm like, Jerry's read all of these stories already. There's really no point in sending That's it true. to Jerry. He always had a story or two I had never seen from the night before. He had a knack for being he ultra loved, prepared. He also loved, he loved holding that yeah, over yeah. you. Like if you missed, you see if you missed yeah, a yeah. story... Even if it was an obscure thing, like Reamer would see some like obscure, uh, some some political story. He would love it because Reamer saw. Oh no, he loved when Reamer hadn't seen it yet, and he almost hold it over him. Meanwhile, the same thing happened. Like if you saw a story, he didn't. He he read it right away. Like he had to read it like that second when you tell him about this story. If then he missed something, which happened so rarely, you can't uh, you get a high enough number uh, to get to because he never happened to him. But he, when he then he did. The, you had a one on him. That was that was a little little check mark for you when you had a story generated. In contrast to Dino, not to take a shot at John, but toward yeah. the end, it was clear he was not as prepared as he was during his prime. Uh, he would say to me, "Hey, what happened in this game? What happened in this moment?" That was well, never back to his last Jerry. week with with right. Dino here. I was on the show at the <laughs> Travelers where he said, "I've never, I am the most ill prepared I've ever been for a show." Yeah, like yeah. he said that on the air to start the show because he knew. Uh, you know, forget retirement. He was going to quit at the end of the week when Kirk came back. He'd already decided that. It was pretty clear from the, the Traveler show. Right. I've never been more ill prepared. <laughs> See, there you go. And that that you never heard that from Jerry. Not I mean, once. Up I until that. his vacation, he was still coming in every set. What what are we what are we doing at eight? What are we doing here? And he he didn't he didn't allow the show to become a. He didn't want it to become that boring, repetitive sports show. And that's part of his smarts. The, the, you talk about the book smarts, but it's the radio smarts. I think the latest, greatest example of that was the Ortiz shooting, where you have constant sort of flow out of the Dominican of sort of misinformation, different stories, what, what's going on. And throughout that period, Jerry is on top of this story. Let's get to this angle. I've read this in the Daily Mail. Did you see this at CNN.com? Did you see this here? He was on top of... He loved everything about this job, but I think... The thing he loved the most was covering breaking news stories in real time on the radio. Those were the moments where, whether it was the Vegas shooting overnight, we're in here. The bombings in, in or the uh, the car attack. Well, I wasn't in then, but in Nice or you know in France. But specifically for that me, was not take a shot to you, Mutt, but one of your toughest shows early when you were third man in was one of those days. Was it you with Jerry I don't, and I don't, Dino? I don't think Jerry, Jerry was in that. Uh, oh, it was Jerry? Uh, it was the shooting in Texas. Oh, that's what it was. Because but, but John. It, so the, there are two guys. You it takes need, a while to get used to that You didn't need a third a guy for that show. Okay, that, that day specifically, if you want to go back, and I will defend myself for a second. All they were doing was reading the news. Like, Dino specifically, all he now was doing... Now that he's doing got a license, he's all confident. ...was reading the news of what happened. Like, something would happen, he would update it, and Jerry would give the, 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 the commentary on it. And there was very little news that day. It was probably... We probably did more of it because the, the show was very good at the breaking news part. There was not a necessary uh, need for a third man that day. And so I sound, if you go back and listen to it, very repetitive. I remember being frustrated because, you know, I, I wanted to say something or update something, and Dino would update something. And it's like, okay, so what's the role here? Like, they're, Well, it was nice. You said, be safe out there, guys. I thought that I was, was not, a really that good That was not that show. Point. I said that on a different show. But I know what you're talking about. And those shows, you've got to have your head on a swivel because your job is to 
give breaking news as it's happening, and try to filter out you know what is really important right now. And Jerry was the best at and that. And those were the toughest days for Curtis. When you're in that yes. chair, Jerry always wanted the story furthered, so you'd be on the phone or you'd be running around for sound or whatever. Those were, those were chaotic days. It was unacceptable for him to say, what else do we have, and for me to reply, right. nothing. I mean, my when I started April 1st, 2013, two weeks later was the marathon bombings. And that was baptism by fire, because you're in there, and Jerry is wanting the latest. And if you recall, we all recall those days, there was a ton of misinformation out there. There was a lot of stories that are that were ended up being false. You know, who, who, who did this? The manhunt. The show that I... It doesn't get mentioned enough about what Jerry, Kirk, and John did that day, but Friday following the bombings in April, of, uh, April 19th, 2013... We were on the air live, 5.30 to 10. Now, remember, Mutt thought we should go on the air early because of Jimmy Garoppolo's well, that Instagram was a big post. I echoed that. You I, agreed, though. I tried to pull Mutt in, yes. So, uh, also, you agreed, too, Chris, for the record. Okay, great. I agreed, too. 5.30 to 10. <laughs> the, the only other show we've ever done, Mutt, that we, we were ready to go early was the Jimmy G Instagram. We went on for the manhunt and Jimmy G Instagram almost. Well, he was almost getting traded. He was the future of the organization. Right. So uh, the morning there, the 19th, was... We, we did not, I don't believe, take a commercial break. We had pauses for four- to five-minute press conferences from the governor, from other people in the state, but that was as exhilarating a show as I have ever been a part of because Jerry is in my ear constantly. This story, did you see this from, the, you know, Michelle McPhee tweeted this. Did you see this from CNN? And he's in my ear, and we're real-time because people are calling in saying, hey, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And it's, you know, we're having to vet this information in real time. And that show was excellent, and it was Jerry Callahan at his very best. Well, and, 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 and I would just real quick, man, I would bet if you ask people for their like lasting Jerry memories, a lot of them would be after tragedies, big events, days like that. Nine yeah. eleven. Uh, I remember listening to he, he, uh, Jerry and John going to work that day, and it was captivating. I mean, you couldn't take uh, your ears off it, and he, they were so good at that in their prime. Well, they had so many. You had so many guests that the following day after the bombings. I mean, you had all these people, these insiders who were who were immediately willing to answer the show's phone call because the show had set the bar. The the Dennis and Callahan, and eventually Kirk and Callahan show set the bar for how to handle those things. And again, I'll bring it back to myself. We were the show following you guys, Lou and I. And so there, we'll get to this more coming up. I think we should probably do it before seven o'clock. It's you never wanted to disappoint Jerry, and that that was working with him and at, on the show, and also at the station and in those shows specifically. There was nobody better than that group, and so coming on after him, you wanted to make sure you tried to do the story the same great service good that point. Jerry Callahan did it because they you 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 couldn't do it quite as good, but damn it, you, you, he set a certain level where you better. Treated a certain way. If or, you didn't, you'd get mocked the next day. I'm quite sure. Well, not, not only that, Curtis but be pulling you, the audio. It, 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 well, in, the, in those days, you know, they they hated our show so much. I don't think we're pulling a lot of uh, Mutt and Maloney audio. They did not like that show. Well, Jerry hated you guys then. I actually uh, didn't know Jerry that. was not a fan oh, for really? a while. I don't think he was alone. No, I think were, <laughs> I think the ratings said there are a lot of people who did not like that show. Uh, but you you felt like you didn't live up to the standard that he set, and that went for stories like that. That went for working with him as a co-host because I, I there was a transition for me where I could tell when I, I started to open up more on the show, Jerry was much different around me. Like when I started to, to talk about the the gambling and the drinking, it was it was like night and day how he viewed me, and it happened for a million co-hosts. So there's the, the good and bad days with with Tangway when Tanger would come in and Tango would be good and funny one day and then ill prepared the next and it'd be back and forth. And I had those same moments with Jerry early on until. You, you you wanted to prove to him that you could 
you could hang with him. Like that was yeah. as a as a again working with him and then working after him. Well, I think that was the, going back to the breaking news situation in the marathon bombings. Two weeks into my time here, that was sort of a very early pass fail test, and we're going to get to this later on with Jerry. But I passed it. And with Jerry, you're, when you, your first impression is going to stick with you forever yeah. with Jerry Callahan. Because if you're good to him and you do a good job and he can trust you, you are an ally for life. Well, like I, and like I said, the, 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 uh, the reaction all weekend has been uh, about Jerry. And the, uh, many of the shows who did it, uh, done it, started with uh, Glenn at, uh, what, 2 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradford, uh, the Sunday show. We're doing it here all morning long. In addition, we are taking your phone calls because the people listening this morning are most likely to have grown up. Uh, with Jerry, as Chris said, and been through Jerry with Jerry through many of these moments the last 20 years. So uh, we're taking your phone calls at 617-779-7937. And I want to get to that living up to Jerry standard things. Maybe not Curtis as much, but I think Ken Laird and I fell into this. Jerry's our radio dad. Sure. You don't want to disappoint I him. think listeners I know felt I that did. way, too, radio dad. I've seen that phrase on social media the last couple of days, more than I expected to. This, you know, grew up listening to my radio dad. By the way, Jerry texted me. He wants to break down the Cashner trade, so I'm going to do that Ooh, to honor his request at some point. I'm going to wedge it in. I know you have thoughts. I, I have, have a lot thoughts. of thoughts. I mean, this is Jerry a, wants bullpen thoughts too. After last night, the I thought last it was a big trade by the Bruins. I thought yeah. Tony Larusa said the Sox weren't going to trade for for bullpen help. Uh, well, they didn't trade for bullpen. Well, they technically help. did because they got a fifth starter finally, so that's going to help their bullpen theoretically. Can see this is the in-depth this conversation Jerry likes, and we're going to get to that. I'm sure later in the show. Uh, God, I hope so because I have so many thoughts. It is Mutt, Curtis, and Ken Weei. Last night. It's inside and low ball four. The go-ahead run is walked in. It was the Sox dropping their last one with the Dodgers. The Dodgers score three in the 12th and beat the Red Sox seven to four. Later this evening, the boys welcome the Jays to town. It's Sox and Jays, pregame 6-10, first pitch 7-10, with Joe Castiglione and Dale Arnold on the call. The exclusive home for Red Sox baseball, WEEI. Now back to Mud Ken and Chris on Sports Radio WEEI. Yeah, <laughs> but the Patriots punt. Eight minutes left. Fourth and one. Next play is uh, borders to DD. That was sixty-one yards. Game 61, over. Touchdown. Good night. Game over. Thirty-one uh, thirteen. That just as I predicted. Did you, or did you call that? 31-13? Yes, well, I don't know. A sock puppet just played some old prediction, and I said 31-13. I think we had a, a special guest Steelers late in the, the show Friday that affected... Why, 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 is, why is that funny that I picked the Steelers and he picked the... Who did you... Have you picked... I, I picked, uh, you know, I picked, picked the, the Patriots, Patriots to win and cover. I was lost. No, but what did you just play? You played some game that he picked like last year, and you no, played... Titans and the so he picked, over the weekend. He picked the Titans... I picked the Steelers. Of What game are you talking about? I mean, why was that funny? It's a joke, Jerry. It's going back a couple years to the AFC title. I understand. You play it all the the time. But what do the Steelers have to do with it? They played the Jaguars. It was just a joke, Jerry. It was a real theme of the We didn't get to make a pick on Friday because we had a special guest member late in the show. But I don't late, so I didn't. It was my bad job by me. Who cares? I should have had you make a pick. Why is it funny that I picked the Steelers when the Patriots played the Jaguars? I'm going to go 31 13. Team? What team? Steelers. That will never not be funny. The list of stuff that annoyed Jerry that wouldn't annoy anybody else, that is at the top of the list. He hated, I'm finding out now, Jerry voice. Hated Jerry voice, which we do. Jerry, we do that off the air more than we do on the air. Just to put it put an end to that quick, yeah. that drop. That We played <laughs> we played that out of an open. That was a, the final element of an open following the Patriots-Steelers game. And Tom Brady called in, was on hold. So he w- heard the tail end of the open right before they, Kirk and Jerry were going to interview him. 
And Jerry corrects the record to Tom Brady. He goes, Tom, I don't know what you just heard. Sock puppet. Altered the sound. I did not pick the Steelers. I picked the Patriots. You're great. Tom, I'll text you later. That, he, and that, that bothered me. He couldn't understand why that was funny. Like, he can play all the sound and of me. this stooge, this pathetic sock him. puppet. All the sound of me sound like an idiot on the Red Sox broadcast reading scoreboard updates. Those are Those are funny. But he didn't understand how he, his his fake scores and the way it made him uh, feel, that was funny to everybody not named Jerry. Just like that scoreboard is funny to everyone that's not me. They, it's like it, the only thing he was sensitive about. There were only a few things Jerry was sensitive about. He, you know, toughest guy in town sort of thing. But the, you making fun of him for the phones or the text line. Or, or movie or talking. The, or the Steelers uh, pick with the movie talking. You knew me for four hours on a horse. You're not going to ask about a horse racing, are you? about <laughs> well, I've done better, Jerry Boyce. Yeah, that's, that's not the best one. That's pretty bad. Uh, 617-779-7937, the phone. Let's go to uh, Tim in Westboro. Good morning, Tim. Uh, good morning. How are you guys? Good, uh, Tim. Hey, I just heard the news. I just got a notification, and I'm uh, sorry to hear it. Um, you know, I, my comment is, is uh, you know, I didn't agree with Jerry's politics, but in the last few years, I think he's really adapted to new folks coming in, and, uh, you know, his sense of humor has really shown through um, – you know, more and more over the years. He was very serious in the early years, right? Um, and I think that probably anybody who knows him personally is probably like, well, he's got a super sense of humor. No one knows it. And I think that's really kind of come through, you know, recently. I've always appreciated that he did his homework, you know. Uh, sounds like you guys did too. But So that's all I got to say. I'm sorry to hear the news, but... Yeah, we all are, Tim, and he'll be. He's not. Go, he's not going out of the business. He's gonna. You know, he's he's not going to be on WEEI anymore. Won't be on this show, which is uh, which is too bad. But he is not. I am sure that he's not done in this business. And I I will give Kirk credit. I think Kirk started to bring more of the sense of humor out of Jerry. You saw Jerry with Dino. You saw Jerry with Kirk. In my opinion, as a listener and someone who worked a little bit with John and Jerry, but much more with Jerry and Kirk. Kirk did a good job, and the casting couch did a good job of getting that sense of humor more out of Jerry, I thought. I think you're exactly right. For the first, whatever it was, 15, 16, 17 years that he worked with John, that show was a serious news sports show. It was a edgy, informative show every morning, and it was great. It was number one for a very long time. But I think with Kirk and with the cast of characters that surrounded that show, there was a lot more levity, a lot more laughs. It was, And the thing that I, the reason for that is I think, while it's odd for some people to understand that, Ken and I were really good friends with Kirk and Jerry because of the beating I took and Ken took from time to time from those guys. When we were away from the show in the office during breaks, all it was was laughing for 90% that's of the time. We were, that's it. They were good friends, and specifically Kirk and Jerry were great friends, and that's incredibly rare in this field. You and Kirk were great friends, are great friends, I guess. Kirk and Jerry are good friends. It was very unique for this. That's a great thing. Right. For these people, uh, for people in radio to work together that actually get along, and that was what caused the laughter of that show. John and Jerry were co- colleagues. They, were, they never hung out socially, yeah. really, outside of work. Well, in fact, just, you know, it's from the producer end of it. If you could get Jerry to laugh, that was a win for us, like behind the scenes. You're oh, always trying to it was do, the best. do something the best. to get Jerry to laugh. And uh, you, were, you were excellent. Mostly at it. with mud drops. But well, that's what I, they are. Well, we're going to play a bunch of them on Friday. Jerry can't fake laugh. I, I can fake laugh. I can sell someone's bad joke. This is what I'm probably best at. I'm Ed McMahon of WEEI. Glenn says something kind of funny, and I... Oh, oh, Wait till you hear Loserville. <laughs> Hilarious. A lot of laughs. So, <laughs> so I can do that. Yeah, that's a he good can't, fake laugh. He can't... No, he cannot fake laugh. And so when he laughs, it is genuine. Either you really made him laugh like you would, or you said something so stupid, say so that, that felt inane. Flat. He'll just look at you with that... Yeah, he can't, but he can't. He can't sell flat. it that way. They, no. But I, I, Steelers it, game. 
Uh, let's go back to the did phones. Did you think that was funny? Yeah. Was that funny? No, no, I, think, I, I didn't even say that score. It's not my score. <laughs> Tom. Tom. Why is it funny that I picked the Steelers when the Patriots played the Jaguars? <laughs> That's why it's funny. Because the way it makes you feel. Uh, oh, let's go to back to the phones. Greg is joining us. Greg, uh, who many of you know from the great uh, folks at Shea Concrete. He's actually stuck with Jerry because he's his brother-in-law. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Hello, Greg. Greg. Hey, sorry to hear about my brother-in-law. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Are you, are you still going to go to lunch with Jerry, Greg? Oh, you know what people are asking me now? Is Jerry going to come work for Shea Concrete? <laughs> precast podcast. You did a great job. Well, you've heard us talk about him. We, we work with Jerry. I think he'd be a hard worker for you, Greg. And I think Curtis is right. He can work for you in a, like a podcast sense. That precast podcast, he could be the full-time host He's now. He's great at audio editing. Yeah. I got myself a new marketing guy. <laughs> well, you've been uh, great, Greg. Uh, I mean, you and you and Jerry have uh, made us laugh with uh, your great commercials here, and you're you're going to be stuck with them going forward. Just so you know, a lot more calls from uh, Jerry now. Well, one thing I can say, and I think you spoke about a little bit, Mark, was when Jerry is Jerry, right? He's, he doesn't pretend he's anybody else. He doesn't act for somebody else's feel you know he says what's on his mind he's passionate he doesn't change his attitude and talk he's just to make people happy he says what's on his mind and yeah. he's very passionate about it on the radio so yeah and it's gonna be missed yeah, greg you're a thousand percent right that's why people loved capital l loved him and and to greg's point even something as an the reaction there like annoyed how he's annoyed he got to you playing that steeler sound he gets yeah. just as annoyed stuff off the air like we went to uh the the our station's golf tournament last year was at that great uh mirabu uh spa we went to that restaurant at the pine hills yeah. yes so we're at pine hills and he gets there a little bit late and he's he's looking at the dinner menu he sees that i got like a, a, a fish sandwich like i want what mud had so he saw my sandwich he could have picked anything he wanted or took a bite he saw sandwich. my sandwich well, oh. we'll get to that He's, but he ordered it because he saw what I had. It was his decision by the, for, for the record. I didn't say, hey, get this. It's great. He just saw it and said, that looks good. I want that. Three bites into his meal. He's looked at me. puts his, as annoyed, annoyed me. I should have gotten the burger. <laughs> it's not my fault that you saw my sandwich and got the sandwich. And he's pissed for the next half hour saying, a burger a burger's never bad. I should have known it. Why did I get the fish mutt? And hey, I'm like, it's Jerry Callahan. I didn't twist his arm to get the fish sandwich, but he's mad at me the way he'd be mad at, on the air for something. You told him you'd be a moron if you don't get the fish sandwich I mutt. Not, I was sitting right there. I did not say that at He all. had such specific travel arrangement requests and like habits. It was unbelievable. Just to go on the road with him was quite the experience. Real quick, by the way, an encore because Greg from Shea yeah. Concrete called. Uh, Jerry was pitching Thanks, to Greg. the president of Encore, Bob DeSalvio, to be a greeter at the front door. Uh, he went into this. It was very funny. He was like, as we're standing up to leave dinner, he's like, yeah, you need a greeter? I could be, I could be perfect. Down this way, it's rare steakhouse over here. Is, you got boxing. At the, it was tremendous. So he's like, he, he's got a sense of humor even through, uh, obviously, the worst day of walk his to work. professional career here. My favorite uh, time with Jerry uh, was traveling, whether it was the spring training or the Super Bowl, because you got to see the real Jerry and, you know, all of that. And... <laughs> When we first got to, I think it was Houston for the Super Bowl that we covered in 2016-17. I didn't get to go. And we get to the airport, and I got an Uber. And the Uber takes us to the hotel. It was like a Denali. 
And Jerry was like a kid in a candy store. He's like, so you just hit this button and this car comes. And he was so impressed at this Uber. He was like a kid. Uber. He loved it. He was like, and he loved me forever. He thought I was this like brilliant guy because I was able to get this car to this spot of the airport where we walked out and it was waiting for us. How about when Lucy taught him Instagram or social media or whatever, that video? He like totally, you know, infatuated for many reasons, but couldn't comprehend the, the whole process of it. Uh, so <laughs> Jerry and technology was a whole different. That's a whole different segment. Where do, I, where do I get an Alexa? Where do I get one of those? Let me go to Amazon. Oh, Jerry. Ruined, oh, I know you ruined, you ruined my. You ruined Tracy's birthday. You idiot! Why'd you talk about that? <laughs> the two things you did well: you got Uber's for him, and you got coffee. Coffee every day. Did you get for coffee six this years. morning? I I have it on his desk. It's sitting there as a oh, memorial, man. a tribute to the one, the only Jerry Kelly. Right, we're gonna take that? more calls on Jerry's. You guys, no no surprise. Uh, people want to react and talk about uh, what Jerry meant to them as listeners here throughout Boston and New England. It's six one seven. 779-7937. And I think it's it's fitting that we're going to do headlines here in the segment, Jerry's favorite segment, to talk about, I think what we all agree was Jerry's best trade as a host, and that was his fear, fearlessness. I want to talk about that and get some calls coming up. Uh, and Ken has some major Red Sox theories he wants to break down here. We go on to get well. to the bullpen. As uh, it is say. Mutt, Ken, and Chris, WEEI. I'm going to go uh, 31-13. Team? What team? Steelers. <laughs> 25 years and counting the number one sports station in Boston and throughout New England. Sports Radio WEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.